Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. Jesus, just thank you that you are speaking to us. You're not a silent God. I just pray that as I share a few thoughts this morning, that you would speak to us through those. The Holy Spirit, you'd take the stuff I prepare, the words I prepare, and you'd spit it into as many ways as needed in this room so that it speaks to everybody's heart and situation. Um, let it be something that resonates on the inside of each one of us, that we might step into knowing you more, but also step into doing what you're calling us to do even more. We just thank you that you speak. We thank you that you're here. Um, and we just appreciate what you're doing in our hearts, in our lives, in our community, in our families. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, um, I want to... I'm going to try and be 20 minutes. That's my target today. 20 minutes. Um, over the last few weeks, we've been talking a, a lot via the blogs and different things about looking back in terms of looking back on... Um, not in a nostalgic kind of way, but looking back to the faithfulness of God, looking back to what God's done, looking back to what God's spoken, looking back to who God is. Um, and that idea of drawing back and, and seeing his faithfulness, which is why it's beautiful this morning when um, the song choices kind of followed that thing. Because I've not talked about what I'm sharing this morning with Luke and Matt, but there's that idea that focus in on the faithfulness of God, the kind of trusting in who God is and what, he's, what he has done knowing that that becomes the step for us, the launch pad for us into the next season. That we're in this moment right now of transition, probably as a church, but also as maybe in families and as individuals. And it's that faithfulness of God, that that trust in who God is, gives us the launch pad into what God wants for us next. And as part of that, we have spent 21 days, which concluded a week ago, um, in prayer and fasting to seek God, um, and basically say with our bodies that, God, we trust you more than we trust food. We trust you more than we trust sugar or social media or ca- coffee or whatever it is we've given up um, or TV. We trust you more than all those things, God, and we trust you to be our provision. We trust you to be what we need, both historically, but also as we move into this new season. And we've got some different prayers and words that people have shared during that time. Um but all that's kind of like seeking God and looking back on what he's done. And it sets us up for to step into a new season, to step into something new. And I believe that's the moment we're in right now. And therefore, what I want to do is I want to share a few thoughts today. And I'm speaking again next Sunday about what I think is important as we take the step, whether that's as an individual, as a family or as a church community into the next season. I believe it's a moment thing I think in talking to people here but in talking to people across the city in different places it feels like a significant moment of change and therefore it feels like we need to think about what we're doing in this moment of change so we're going to look at the parable of the talents um before we do that i want to just talk a little for 30 seconds to a minute about parables because we can get lost when we look at parables on the the some of the, the lines or the ideas in a parable that confuse us. And the thing to remember with all parables that Jesus shares, every single one of them, the purpose of the parable is to communicate the message of his coming kingdom. That's the point of them. It's not to 
give a, a, a teaching on what happens in this particular situation or this particular station. He is sharing a parable, a story, to try and communicate an idea about what his kingdom is like in comparison to the kingdom at that time of Rome, but also the kingdoms of this world. He's communicating a message about his kingdom. And that's the overriding message of all the parables that he talks about, including the parable of the talents. With that in mind then, when Jesus talks about his kingdom in, in his the most famous prayer ever, probably the Lord's Prayer, he says that, that his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And therefore, when he's talking about these parables, his kingdom is a kingdom that's coming. It's not a kingdom that is one day down the road somewhere. It's a kingdom that's arriving, even though it's not fully here yet, it's arriving and not yet. And therefore, we have this idea that when we look at these parables, it's about the kingdom of heaven coming to earth. Because that's what God's kingdom is doing. It's coming, it's arriving. And therefore, all of these parables are about the kingdom, but they're also about that kingdom coming to earth. And therefore, when there's an action on our part, it's about what we can do to enable that kingdom to come to earth. That's the overriding message and what Jesus is trying to communicate via his parables, saying that actually you might behave this way, in the Roman Empire, in the Roman Kingdom, you might behave this way in the Western Kingdom. But actually in my Kingdom, this is what you need to do to bring my Kingdom to earth. He's communicating a different way of doing things. Um, So they they, they have that overriding thing and they're not necessarily speaking to, sometimes Jesus uses strange phrases to make a point and we build entire theologies around that one phrase that Jesus mentioned. Whilst I'm not saying those things don't have a point, everything Jesus said has a point, it's important that we don't get lost down the rabbit hole of one phrase he uses and instead look at actually what's the message he's trying to communicate. Um, so all that said, just as a preamble into what we're talking about with the parable of the talents. So I'd like to read that together. Okay, so can you go to... Um, one second, let's get up on mine. Matthew 25, please. And verse 14. We're going to read the whole thing and then I'm going to put out a few thoughts just that I hope will help us in seeing, okay, in our part in stepping into this next season, in bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth, what this message that Jesus is communicating is talking about. So, Matthew 25, verse 14. Hopefully you can find that if you've got it. And I'm going to read it through. So it says, For the kingdom of heaven, again, so he's introducing this thing. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man travelling to a far country. He called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a long journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded them with... So went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he had received the two talents, gained two more, but he had received the one, went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Verse 20. So he had received five talents, came and bought the five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more besides them. And his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things, I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also went to the one who received two talents 
um, and said, Lord, you delivered to me um, two talents. Look, I've gained two more besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you faithful of ruler sorry, over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Verse 24. Then he, he received the one talent and said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you had not sown and gathering where you had not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look there, you have what is yours. But the Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew, that you, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have at least deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming I would have received my money back with some interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. Verse 29. For to everyone who has, more will be given and, he, and he, he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, we've got this parable. And again, remember, the point of the parable is to communicate the kingdom of God, how God's way of doing things works. It's to communicate how we do what we can do to function in, in the way that God does to bring heaven to earth. In our homes, in our businesses, in our workplaces, in our offices, in our streets, in our neighbours, everywhere, what we do to bring heaven to earth. So I want to just go through, not line by line, but point by point, and just talk through some ideas on this, just to pick up, again, something that's really obvious, but I think some of it we sometimes read in a different way, I want to just point out some of those ideas, just share some thoughts on it. Um, so first things first, the whole point of the talents, is talents are a measurement of money, but the whole point of this story is about the parable, is what we do with what we've been given. Some people fixate on the fact, oh, he got cast out into outer darkness, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, that's the point. That's not the main point of what Jesus is communicating here. He's not trying to get to that point. He's trying to say, what are you going to do with what you have been given? That's the point of what he's communicating here. It's not an end times message. Jesus is not saying, if you've not been faithful with what you've been given, you're going to go to hell. That's not even what that's talking about. That's a completely different phrasing. But the point is we get lost, well, not we in this room, but we can get lost on that kind of thinking. That's not the message Jesus is communicating. He's saying, what are you going to do with what you've been given? If you do it well, it's a positive thing. If you don't do it well, there's a negative thing. And he's trying to communicate that responsibility that's taken there. How we handle what we've been given impacts the kingdom of heaven coming to earth. It's as simple as that. What I do with what I've been given, the abilities, the talents, the, the money, the resources I've been given, how I handle that affects how the kingdom of heaven comes to earth. And that's a big responsibility. That's a sobering thought. It makes a difference. And we have, don't we, in this story, we've got two of them who managed what they were given well and one of them who didn't. Interestingly, one of them was given five, the other was given two and one was given one. So there's an, this interesting idea that both who were given five and two managed it well and both had the same message of encouragement from the, from the, the kind of master in this story, well done, good and faithful servant. That they weren't judged on, their faithfulness wasn't measured on, the amount they had. It was measured on what they did with what they had. It would have been very easy to get lost again on the point here. If one had five, one had one, that all the Jesus included were going, well, because he had five, he was more faithful. That's not the story. The story is actually, whether you have five or two, you can still be faithful with what you've been given. And that's, that, that's the point. The point here is not, 
more or less. It's about what have you been given and can you be faithful with what you've been given. So we have this kind of contrast between the two that did manage what they've been given well, used it well, and the one who didn't. The interesting thing is what the difference was in the two. And I think sometimes, for me at least, I think I miss the difference in the two. Because the two took a risk. The, the one who was given, who didn't do well with it, didn't. The one who was given five, the one who was given two, it says they went and traded with what they had and got five back. That's not a guaranteed return. That's not a guaranteed banker. It's not like I'll give five and I'll definitely get five back. They took what they had and they took a chance that I'll get something back. They, they took a risk that they'll get something back. And we see that because when the master comes back and rebukes the one who didn't do anything with it, he said that you could have at least put it in the bank and then I've got what I gave, gave you with interest. What he's really saying is that that would have been the guarantee. If you want to guarantee I get something back, put it in the bank, I'll get interest on in what you gave. But the other two didn't put it in a bank. So they didn't do the, the sure, the guaranteed, the safe thing. They went and traded it. They went and took a chance that actually, what if their trade didn't work? We see nowadays, don't we, all the time, it's, maybe it's my YouTube algorithm, I don't know, but constantly like trading at adverts come up and say, you can come and do this, you can come and do this. And they always have that caveat at the end, don't they, that says, this is not a guaranteed way of making money or that kind of stuff, because it's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed that a business investment or, or a kind of investment of money into something or, or, or a negotiation is going to definitely work. In this context, they took a risk with what they've been given that it might work. And that's a key thing here. The one who didn't take that risk went, actually, I'm going to just bury it. I'm going to just bury it in the ground and I'm going to just no, take no risk with it. I'm not going to chance it at all. I'm going to take what I've been given and I'm going to keep it safe in the ground. And not, not risk anything happening to it. Whereas the ones that were faithful, they took a risk. Now, isn't that interesting? The, the master in the story, who is Jesus? He recognises faithfulness as taking a risk. And he recognises laziness as hiding it away. And how often do we see faithfulness sometimes as making sure it's a sure thing? I'll be faithful with my money. I'll be faithful with my resources. I'll be faithful with what I've given. And we kind of attempt to do what the one who didn't look after it did. Whereas actually the master in this story sees faithfulness as taking a risk. It's taking a chance. I've given you five. Go and take a chance on it. Go and take a chance using what you've been given and take a risk with it. It might not work. But that wasn't necessarily what he was looking for. He called them faithful because they took a chance. Because they took a risk in what they were doing. So we've got this situation where the two that were called faithful were the ones that took a risk. The one who was called lazy and wicked didn't take a risk. And for me, it's really interesting that we see in the description of how the one who buried what he had describes the master as the reason for why he didn't take a risk. He uses this phrase... Um, when the master comes back in verse 24 he says then he had received one talent came and said Lord I knew you were I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you had not sown and gathering where you had not scattered seed and I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground look there have what is yours 
So there's this description from the servant who was given one of his view of what the master was like. And that you were a hard man. And therefore, because of that, I was afraid. And I went and hid what you gave me in the ground. In other words, because you were a hard man, I was afraid and didn't take a risk. Mm. What's then interesting is when the master rebukes this servant, he says, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. He leaves out the line about him being hard. So when Jesus effectively is describing himself, he's not debating the fact that actually sometimes I will reap where I've not sown and I will kind of gather where I've not scattered seed. But I'm not a hard man. The, he's correcting by excluding that statement that, that he was a hard man. And that for me is the interesting thing, that I believe that the servant who Jesus is describing here was afraid and therefore didn't take a risk and wasn't called faithful because he misunderstood the master. He misunderstood who the master was. He thought he was hard and therefore he was afraid. Whereas I would suggest to you, the other two understood who the master was and therefore were willing to take a risk. Because it's almost like, actually, even if this risk goes wrong, my master will be proud or recognise my faithfulness in the fact I took a risk. Much more than me just burying it in the ground. Because I know the nature, the character of my master. And he'll be much, much, much more pleased with the fact I took a chance and it went wrong than took no chance at all. And that's the message I think Jesus is trying to get across in this thing. He's trying to say, look, with what you've been given, don't just hold it up inside. Don't just bury it away because you perceive that the master, that God, that whoever is hard and therefore he'll rebuke you for getting it wrong. But actually realise that he is this generous and lavish God who wants you to take a chance. And even if you mess up in taking that chance, he'll still recognise that as faithfulness. That has been faithful with what you've been given. Even if it goes wrong, that's better than just burying it in the ground. That's better than just digging it away. And it was beautiful this morning that the, the songs followed a similar pattern. And maybe it's therefore God speaking something to us. Because the first songs, as, we, as I talked about earlier, they, they, they spoke on the faithfulness of God. And then we went into this, this song about stepping out on the water. That is taking risk. That is taking a chance. The, the, the kind of story that that's based on is Peter stepping on water and it goes wrong. But at least he stepped out of the boat. He took a chance, didn't he? He took a risk. And I believe for us in this next season, the thought I want to leave with you today from the parable of the talents is this is not about a hard taskmaster who wanted a return on his investment. This is about a master who said, I've given you these things. Go and take a chance with them. Go and take a risk with them. Go and do something with them. And that for us in this next season, whether it's individuals, whether it's families or as a church, God's given us stuff. Whether it's literal physical resources of money, of time, of possessions, whatever it may be. Whether it's gifting and ability. Whether it's um, skill sets, whether it's connections, whether it's whatever it may be, he's given us stuff. And therefore, 
the encouragement, the challenge to us is, are we willing to take a risk with that? Have we caught a glimpse of the God we know well enough to go, actually, I'm going to take a chance because I know even if this goes completely wrong, you're going to recognise that as faithfulness. You're going to recognise the fact I saw who you were and I was willing to take a chance anyway. Mm. So as we step into this new season, as we as we kind of think about what that means for us as individuals, as families, as a church, it is that. Let's take time to pause, to stop, and just remind ourselves of who our God is, that he is faithful, that he is gracious and generous and kind. And then from that space, we're going to say, okay, I don't know whether this is the right trade, the right deal, the right thing to do, but I'm going to take a chance anyway. Because I know, God, you're good and you're faithful and kind, and you'll, you'll recognise that as faithfulness. You'll recognise that as me using what I've been given and not just burying it in the ground. So, Jesus, we do, we just pray that as we all take steps, get ready to take steps into what is next, that you'd help us, as we sang this morning, take that step out onto the water, the deep unknown. You'd help us to take risk. You'd help us to take chance with what you've given us. That we might be those who take part in bringing heaven to earth. That by taking that risk, we are being partakers in bringing your kingdom home. Bringing heaven to earth. Help us remember who you are. Help us know who you are, that we would be confident and sure in taking those steps, in taking that risk. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.